On today's episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast, we talk about observations. To tweak, to get rid of, to do something else. I, I don't know. Let's chat. to another episode of the Hop Nerd Podcast. I am your host, Sam Goodman, the Hop Nerd LLC. Make sure you head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com for fundamentals, learning teams, support, and so much more. Send us an email, thehopnerd at gmail.com, and be sure to follow along with us on all things social media at the Hop Nerd or at Sam Goodman. Welcome to today's episode. Howdy, hi everybody, man, oh man, how are things going for you in your neck of the woods? I hope things are going great for you, I hope life is amazing, I hope you're having some great coffee, enjoying some good meals, and more importantly, having some great coffee and enjoying some good meals, and if you're anything like me, a really like nice bottle of wine, and maybe a cigar every now and again, uh, with with, this is the key part, with some really great people, with some amazing friends, with your family, with your colleagues, with the folks that you love and care about. Most importantly, and this is my test, this is my test in my world nowadays, is I ask myself this question, am I having fun? And now that might sound a bit childish to uh, some of you. Fun doesn't mean easy. Fun doesn't mean that it's uh, absent of suck. Fun doesn't mean that it's absent of frustration. It's just, is it fun? That's the question that I ask myself before I do basically anything. Do I want to do this? Is it going to be fun? And if it checks those boxes, if especially if it checks the box of is it going to be fun and it's going to be valuable, I'm pretty much in. You pretty much got me. That or food. Those those are the two. Those are the few things <laughs> that would usually usually get me there. But what you should what you're doing, it should be giving you some joy in your life. Life's too short, and I don't want to be this crazy philosophical person here dropping all this crap on you on a hop safety leadership something podcast. But I think it's important to pause and reflect on that kind of stuff every now. And again, I was scrolling through Instagram, which is something that I try my best not to do. I'll be completely honest with you. I try to avoid social media as much as I can. You guys know I post a bunch of stuff. You guys know that I get on there and I throw stuff out there. I tend to follow, generally speaking, unless it's just something that I'm really interested in, I tend to post and ghost a bit. I try to respond to some stuff where I can, but I tend to post and ghost. And what I mean by that is I'll throw stuff out there, I'll throw some, some stuff out there, some thoughts, some posts, some videos, whatever, and I just kind of leave it alone. I don't really go back. I don't really like dig into all the comments as much, and I don't think you should either as much. I'm not discouraging you, I guess, from interacting with my stuff. That seems a bit counterintuitive, <laughs> but for your own sake, for your mental health, for your mental clarity... I don't know. It works for me. I do that. I try to get away from social media as much as I can. It's a it's a necessary evil of our world. And evil might be a bit of a strong word because there's some pretty amazing stuff that we get to do with social media. As I sip my coffee here and talk to you through a podcast platform. But there is some amazing stuff. It's brought so many of us together. I've had so many friendships born from this, from this little community that we've built from LinkedIn, from Instagram, from the podcast, 
these little Zoom calls that we all jump on that we just catch up, just friends. I mean, absolute friends, like shirt off your back kind of friends. So I can't really call it evil, but I think that we do need a bit of a break from it, especially from the negativity that exists within our world. And I, uh, that's a really side rant, I guess, but I've come back to this point of I was scrolling through LinkedIn, uh, not LinkedIn, geez, guys, I have not had enough coffee yet. I was scrolling through Instagram, the Insta, the Insta, looking at the kind of normal stuff that you look at on on Instagram, right? I'm kind of scrolling through and I'm like watching videos of people like, you know, fall down and watching clips of comedy and uh, just this, that, and kind of everything else in between. I'm just killing time. I think I was in like an airport. I was somewhere in transit. As I mentioned, in transit is a big, a big part of my life. Um, and if I'm in transit and I'm scrolling through, through Instagram, I'm just going to give a shameless plug here. But one of the places I usually go and I look at stuff is Steve Harvey's Instagram page. He does some great stuff with his, his safety boy, safety boy, whatever you want to call it, Steve. I love it. I think it's great. You guys should definitely be following along with him. He's posting all kinds of great stuff over there and book stuff and all kinds of neat stuff. And I'm scrolling through, catching up with friends and kind of seeing what's going on in everybody's lives. And then I came across this really interesting kind of like post, you know, how they throw crap in your algorithm from Library Mindset. And I really enjoyed this because I really dig, I really dig this kind of memento mori kind of stuff. Like you're going to die. You probably should live life well, focus on the stuff that's actually inside of your control. Kind of some of this stoicism kind of stuff. I just dig it. I think it's, it's pretty valuable to me just as a reminder of like, Hey, you know, <laughs> you could be gone in like, Hey, like, like that. You're my, my little, my little finger snap there. You could be gone in like a second. You need to make sure that you're doing what counts to me. What counts is family, friends, fun, doing good work, doing it for the right reasons, enjoying life to the fullest. And this thing kind of hit me. So I'm, I'm going to share it with you and just take it for what it is. I'm going to read you an Instagram post cringe, but I'm going to in a hundred years from now, we will be buried with our family and friends. Strangers will live in our homes that we worked so hard to build, and someone else will own everything that we have today. Our descendants will hardly know who we are, nor will they remember us. How many of us know who our grandfather's father was? After we die, we will be remembered for a few more years, and then we're just a portrait on someone's wall. And a few decades later, our history, photos, our deeds will disappear into history's oblivion. We won't even be memories. Enjoy your life. It's important. Make sure that you're enjoying what you're doing, that you're having fun, that you're doing it for the right reasons. Good work done for the right reasons. If you're doing that, I can almost guarantee you that fun is a bit of a byproduct from it. That doesn't mean that it's absent of suck. That doesn't mean that it's devoid of frustrations. That doesn't mean that it's easy. But fun is a pretty good byproduct. <laughs> I promise. It super duper is. So if you're not having fun, what are you doing? You should be. You should pause and think, if I'm not having fun, how can I maybe change that a little bit? I'm not the expert, trust me. I'm not. I just think that this stuff is pretty valuable for us to stop and ponder here and there as individuals. Now, as I step down off of my philosophical Instagram, philosophical <laughs> soapbox, that tells you about the state of, of our modern world. Let's jump into today's episode. But before we do, do me a favor, head over to the website, www.thehopnerd.com. 
hopnerd.com. You can learn more about what I do there, about the services that we provide through the Hopnerd LLC. You can book a handy dandy consult. You can book some time on a meeting just to catch up and chat. You can download free resources. You can get links to pretty much all the books, the starting points, operationally curious questions, the cards over there, the cards that everybody asks for. You can go over there and check them out. Make sure that you're checking out the books. Make sure that you're checking out the cards. We have just had tons of positive feedback on all the above and especially around the practicality of the cards. People are just loving them. They're using them in place of some of their pre-start safety crap. They're using them as tools for leaders to just, hey, you don't know where to start. This isn't the questions. This is just some crap that Sam put on cards, but they're pretty interesting questions. Pull one out and go learn something. Go be operationally curious and learn more. Like seek to understand. Start with good intent and go ask some interesting questions and have people teach you, show you, and and just be curious. Uh, They're working. People are just sending us tons, tons, tons of great feedback. They're in pretty much every state here in the U.S. and they're in multiple countries abroad. So if you haven't checked those out, go check them out. I have to tell you, Full transparency here. I think you might have learned that about me over the four or five years that we've been doing this together, that I, you just don't hold stuff back. That's just not who I am. I'm trying my damnedest. I mean, my absolute damnedest to get the price of those freaking carts down. I, I'm, I'm one person. I don't have a warehouse. I don't have a team. I, I, I don't have any of those things. I am the consultant. I am the podcaster. I am the content media manager. I am the financial person. I am, uh, you name it, I do it, right? That's the the fun part about any type of solopreneurship business type of stuff. It's just me. And I love that. I, I, I really do. Now, the downside to that is that I don't have a warehouse and I don't have a team. And I don't have capabilities to print and house cards, like you know, here in this little tiny cubbyhole that I call my office. It just doesn't work. I'm here. I'm gone. I'm there. I'm somewhere else. I'm in transit. You know, we talk about this. So I have to use print on demand kind of sort of stuff. Now, unfortunately, print on demand around playing cards is pretty much non-existent. There's like one or twosies that do that, and unfortunately, that comes with a bit of a hefty price. So the cards cost what they cost. I've got a lot of good feedback on like the box sucks. I know it's a card box. <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to figure it out. The only reason why I haven't sprung and it's not really me springing for it. It'd be you uh, kind of throwing out like the metal cool boxes for them. Is it like doubles the price of the cards? I'm trying, I'm trying here. So if anybody out there knows of a better way, print on demand, I just don't have time to put my hands on them. If anybody knows of a better way to get out really quality cards in a decently timely fashion with maybe a better box, (laughs) let me know. I would love to see what we can come up with. But with all that said, we're nearing the end of the year. I don't know exactly when this one is going to come out. Uh, I'm thinking thinking that it's going to be out about the time that I'm on vacation. And if you've been listening, and I hope you have... I'm not going to tell you where I'm at. I'm going to post some pictures on LinkedIn and people that guess correctly, I will send you a copy of 10 ideas to make safety suck less, or I will send you a copy of operationally curious questions, the learning journal, the book, the one where you can scribble in it and all that kind of sort of stuff. And I'll send out five or 10 of those to whoever guesses uh, correctly, the five or 10 folks that guess correctly. So be on the lookout for that. That might be happening right now. Again, I don't know. I don't know where the heck I'm at right now. I could be here. I could be there. I could be anywhere. I could be stuck on an airplane. Uh, And I do have uh, a couple days left in this year, like just a a couple, like very few remaining in December. I'm very protective of holiday time, obviously, with a little one. So all that stuff's a no-go. But I do have onesies, twosies, threesies kind of days left in December. And that's it. I'm, I'm done for the year. And I'm already booking up 
Q1 of 2024. So let me know if you need a hand with human and organizational performance, consulting, coaching, if you need a hand with some hop fundamental sessions, some workshops, some learning team kind of stuff, some operational learning courses, any of the above critical risk management kind of stuff. We're talking a lot about that. Let me know the hop nerd at gmail.com and let me know if you want to be on the podcast or you know of anybody that would like to be on the podcast. Connect me with some folks. I'm trying to get some time to make sure that we get some guests back on the podcast. We've not done that for a minute, but I would love, I would love, 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 love to have some really interesting, cool people here, safety or or otherwise, right? I mean, just anywhere across the map, just anyone fun that has something of value to offer to you guys, let me know and we'll make it happen. So with all of that kind of introduction rant, you know how I do, I'm going to tell you everything that's going on. I'm going to tell you that there's a few guarantees when you tune in, you're going to hear everything that's going on pretty much in my life. And then I'm also going to tell you, thank you for being here. I greatly appreciate all the love and all the support of everything that we've got going on. A like, a share, all that stuff matters a bunch to us. The post, when you see stuff on, on LinkedIn, when you see stuff on Instagram, if you see stuff on YouTube, just sharing it, it helps a bunch. Just liking it, it helps more than you can even imagine. And a huge thank you to everyone that has brought us out to your organizations to spend time with you. Again, it's just amazing. I, I'm ever grateful for the the opportunity to be able to spend time with you guys and to talk human and organization performance. We're doing good work and we're doing good work for the right reasons. On to today's subject, we're talking about observations. And let's maybe start here. Let's talk about how we approach observations typically within our organizations. I think that's a fair place to start because anytime that I tend to have this conversation, it's similar to the episode that we did around zero. The first thing that I get when I start talking observations is, well, you just don't know how to do observations correctly. The organizations that you've been around, they just don't do observations correctly. If you use observations correctly, you just don't understand that if you just do it better, if you just try it harder, if you just do what I tell you to do, then observations will finally, 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 they'll work. Let's not, again, let's not go into the land of assumptions here. Let's not go into the land of how we wish observations worked in reality within our organizations. Let's maybe carve out a couple pieces around how observations actually play out in just about all organizations. And I'm not saying that some don't do these things extremely well. And maybe that's another piece of this. If you have an observation program and it works, like it, like genuine, like you don't think it works. You don't assume that it works. Like senior leaders aren't like, oh, it works because I think it works. If it actually works for you, you're getting a lot of good feedback from folks and it's doing what you hope that it would do, then this might not be for you, I guess. I, I, I don't know. Uh, but if it's working for you, I'm the last person that uh, will tell you. I'm pretty agnostic with this stuff. I think you recognize that by now. If it works for you, it works for you. I'm going to be the last person to tell you that, hey, that's working for you. You should stop. <laughs> right? that's, that's not me. If it works for you, it works for you. But let's maybe spell out some of what that looks like in real life. Most organizations have observation programs that center around human behavior. The primary intent of this observation program in most organizations, right? We're talking how this actually plays out in real life, typically. They center around this idea at their heart of stick and carrot. We can call it anything. Well, it's coaching. It's not stick and carrot. It's coaching. It's not, it's none of that stuff. It's just me going out and telling people that they're doing a really bad job and they should do better or else. It's whatever. It's technically, it's really stick and carrot, right? We're going out and we're saying, oh, look, look how great you are at doing this stuff related to safety stuff. Your behavior is good. Here's a piece of candy. Now, here's a sticker for you. I got a sticker for you. Look, I got you a little sticker because I caught you doing good. I caught you being safe. 
And then the other side of that is I go out and I find somebody maybe working a bit outside of the rules, adapting. Let's just call that adapting, adapting their way through work. And I go, huh, that's not so good. Here's my rule book and you're not really following those those rules. That's an at-risk behavior. Let me coach you on on why you should care more about your safety. Now, I, I recognize, I recognize I'm being overly simplistic here. I get that, but let's just, just follow me on this because you know exactly where I'm coming from. We're going good or bad or nothing observed, right? And usually this is captured on some form of something like a bubble sheet, Scantron sheet, something like, you know, the stuff you used to take tests on when you were a kid, those kind of things, you know, like standardized testing is taken on one of those. Or if we're fancy pants, we get like a really cool app that allows us to do that. But really what we're doing is we're going out and we're observing human behavior and in hopes of modifying that human behavior, either trying to continue the positive air quotes here, positive behavior that we see, we are, we are encouraging, we are coaching, we are carroting. When we go out and we see the not so great behavior, the stuff that we assume is not so great, usually rule bins, rule breaks, violations, those kind of things, ooh, scary, nasty, we're pulling out the stick. We're marking that as at risk and we're coaching harshly. We're, we're coaching, we're coaching, we're coaching, we're coaching. We're then taking that data back, either scanning those sheets or hand tabulating that information or our handy dandy fancy pants apps are then turning that into something for us. And they're spitting out charts and graphs because we're safety and we love charts and graphs because we're businesses and we love charts and graphs. God save us. God save us from the MBAs. I'm sorry, MBA friends. I love you. You're, You're awesome. But God save us from our data focus. Good God save us from it. We're taking that information and we're using it to determine our path forward a lot of times. And what I mean by that is we're using it to either, one, try to predict and prevent everything. We're saying, oh, look, looky, 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 looky at this. We got lots of bad housekeeping stuff. Someone is going to get hurt with housekeeping stuff. We need to go out and spend time on housekeeping. Oh, look, look, here's PPE stuff. We need to go really hammer on people about gloves and safety glasses. Oh, look, barrier tape. Oh, we need to go really get on people about barrier tape. We need to print some posters, print some T-shirts. We need to do a barrier tape stand down and get everybody in the room together and read them the barrier tape procedure louder and slower and tell them not to have any barrier tape issues again or else. And and I bring up those three in particular because that's almost always what every in practice, every observation program that I've ever seen. Show me your trends. Yeah, here they are. Barrier tape, PPE, ooh, housekeeping, because they're the ones that we can kind of cruise by and just do, right? We can just, I, I can just write those down. And the thing is, is kind of digging that back, back maybe a bit farther, is with these cards, with these observation kind of programs, we almost always go, and if you've listened to the other podcast, you know what the sound of that is, right? That's that. That's the me picking a number out of thin air. Yeah, we pick a number out of thin air and we go, ooh, you know what? Two of these a day sounds really, really good for our leaders and supervisors to do. It sounds really, 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 really good. Or uh, you just one a week. One a week sounds really, really good. And we take that and we say, you shall do one a week or you shall do two a day or you shall do five a week. If not, you're going to end up on the naughty list. And you know the naughty list. Everybody, every organization out there has a naughty list for training, for observations, for something. You know that list that if you don't do it and then you don't do it long enough, eventually it goes to your boss. And then if you don't do it that much longer, it goes to their boss. And if you don't do it that much longer, it eventually like works its way up into the C-suite with like your name and like a big red line highlighted across it. Yeah, the naughty list. 
your name is usually tied to some kind of spreadsheet, uh, back to things that we love in our organizations. It's tied to some kind of spreadsheet that is a red, yellow, and green box. It's like, you know what? Sam did half of what he needed to. That's a solid yellow. He really needs to step up his observation game. Yeah, he really does. Uh, oh, look, Sam did 100 last week. It's green. It's green. But the next week he did five. Oh, no, he's on a downturn. Look at that. Air quotes here. Look at that trend. Sam's performance is lacking around observations. Oh, my God, people, people, this is going to be bad. One of my biggest beefs with observations, other than some of the stuff that we just talked about, uh, first, let's let's say this, that observations are not safety walks. I think I heard Clive Lloyd put it this way before anyone else. They're unsafety walks. We're really not going out to learn more. We're really not going out to seek to understand. We're really not going out to be curious. We're really not going out to support. We're really going out to audit behavior. We're really going out to seek out unsafety, as Clive, I believe, put it first. We're going on unsafety walks. We're going out to find unsafety and burn unsafety from our organization. We're going out to find bad people and bad behaviors and coach and correct them. We're not seeking safety, but we're seeking unsafety. Uh, the second piece of that is we use almost always, usually, typically, we tie some number to that. So there's a compliance burden that we associate with it that drives our leaders and folks that are already super busy. You've heard me say this a bunch, and I will continue to shout it from the rooftops. Those frontline level leader jobs are the hardest freaking jobs in your organizations. They've got directors and managers and vice presidents hanging off their arms. They've got frontline employees hanging off their legs and they're getting torn in too. And they're the place in their organization that we almost dump all the action. Uh, really, think about it. How many corrective actions do you have in your organization that don't have an element of frontline leader doing something? It all does. Every single program that we seem to come up with, guess who gets to do it? The frontline leader. Every single piece of paperwork that we get to come up with, uh, guess who gets to do it? The frontline leader. At the very least, they get to maintain it and keep it forever and always. Right? Just think of anything that our frontline leaders don't have to deal with. We put it all on them. They're our nearest conduit to work getting done. So we dump everything kind of at that level. Now we're going to just pick some random five out of the air, and we're going to say, you got to do five of these bubble sheets every single day, every single week. Hell, you just got to do one. That one thing is about the least important part of their day, almost always. You can't just keep pouring peas and plates, uh, peas and plates, peas and carrots on their plate and not expect some shit to start spilling over the sides. <laughs> that card ends up being some of the crap that spills over the sides because they're more focused, as almost always they should be, on stuff that's a bit more important to them. Uh, I don't know, caring and for their employees, <laughs> making sure that we get stuff done that needs to get done, uh, making sure people get paid, uh, and on and on and on and on and on. Uh, you just think about the general duties and responsibilities of a frontline leader. It's just enormous. It's an enormous role within our organizations. But we throw that number on them and then expect perfection. And if you demand five, they're going to give you five. I I've been there. You've been there. We've all been there. You tell me you want five of these cards, I'm going to give you five. I'm going to go do all the crap that I need to get done that day. I'm going to be walking in already 10, 15 minutes past the time that I should have left. And then I'm going to see that nasty email from somebody in my organization. Hey, Sam, you only have three observation cards for this week, and you're going to get reported if you don't turn me in a couple right now. And guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to sit down behind my desk. I'm going to bubble in some random crap, and I'm going to send it to you because I'm not going to be on that naughty list. Now, another problem. Another problem, just by their design, 
their very parent child. Their unsafety, their unsafety walks, they're, they're just a compliance burden almost always. They're centered around trying to modify human behavior by just going out and telling people to be better, do be better, try harder, care more, kind of crap, hot garbage kind of stuff. And their parent child, their very parent child, it's me, position of authority, almost always, going out and telling you why, how, where you're going wrong. Yeah, right? It's me. It's me coming out as the parent to tell these unruly school children how bad their behaviors are and how they need to be better. How you need to pay more attention. How you need to care more. How you need to be more situationally aware. How you need to choose to stop making so many errors. I'm going to bubble in your little lack of situational awareness. I'm going to coach and correct you because you just don't get it. You're just a child and not me. Me. I'm superior in thinking. I have a handy card that spells out human behavior that I can coach you on. It just, it's just parent-child. And I ask this really wonky question a lot. Think about the way that we apply observations in our organizations. We do them to the face of work. We do them to the sharp end. We are doing them too. There's your first hint that maybe this isn't so great. We're doing this crap to those that GSD, those that get shit done. How many times in your organization do you have an observation program where people get to walk into the C-suite of your organization and coach and correct your vice presidents. How many observations do we do on senior directors and what they do for a living? How many times do we do observations on middle managers and what they do for a living? How many employees have got a chance to do an observation on your CEO in their natural habitat? Has that happened? No, they only go in one direction. They only go down. They only go to those nearest to the work. We're only focused on sticking and carroting and coaching and correcting and encouraging and beating and tarring and feathering and seeking to modify behavior at the pointiest end of our organizations. We're not all that concerned with the errors that are made in the C-suite, with the behavioral problems that we have in the C-suite, with those large strategic decisions to maybe in an extreme sense, understaff, under-resource, maneuver us into really, 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 really bad spots. We don't get to coach and correct that because they're all knowing, they're all seeing, they have authority, arbitrary authority. They have all of that stuff and how dare we even consider that. They're infallible. It's parent-child. It's, it's not adult-adult. It's very parent-child. Our observation programs go in one direction, and it is down. It is nearest to the sharp end. It is at the face of work. It is to those typically lower in our hierarchies within our organizations, never in the opposite direction. Now, when I throw that out there, you're probably going to look at me like I have an arm growing out of my forehead, but it's true. It, just that test alone demonstrates the very nature of observations. The very nature of the way that we apply observations, at the very least, is that we know you don't. Management smart, worker dumb. We need to go coach those workers. We need to observe and report those workers because, you know, worker dumb. Worker don't care as much as me. Workers are just lazy. Workers are error prone. Workers are the problem to be managed, not the problem solver. Management smart, workers dumb. I know this because, look, I've got my handy-dandy card. 
I know that I need to go out and do this because you're the child and I'm the, the adult. I'm the parent. And I need to guide and coach you at every turn to make sure that you don't do bad behavior kind of stuff. Then I'm going to count those bad behaviors in particular. I'm going to trend. We keep using that word. I don't think we know what it means. But we're going to trend those. We're going to spit out fancy charts and graphs and tell our organization where we're at risk. We're going to use that information to inform where we go next, the things that we spend time on, what posters we print, what coffee mugs we give to it, whether we have pizza or punishment. We're going to use that data. We're going to throw it out in executive decks. We're going to brag about how many we've done or we're going to get beat for the number that we didn't do. And we're going to say, look at all this information around PPE, barrier tape, and housekeeping that we discovered. And we're going to do that on repeat, trying harder and harder and harder, constantly policing that number. Make sure you get your five. Get your five and don't end up on the naughty list. If you end up in the naughty list, you're going to get a bad performance review this year. I know you got really important stuff going on, but this is just as important. And that's it. We're going to continue to rinse and repeat that old-fashioned model of trying to change behavior and only the behavior nearest to the work by going out and actively telling people to change their behavior while neglecting all of the context, almost all of the context that surrounds it. We're going to continue to do that while overlooking, sometimes deliberately, all of the actual things we can work to improve, the context that we can improve to actually maybe yield better behaviors that we hope to see, to make it easier to be safe than it is to be unsafe, to give people the tools and resources that they need. You know, if we going out and we're spending time learning from folks and we find out that like, holy crap, why are we standing on chairs and buckets? Why does that make sense? Why is that the answer? And people are telling us it's because we don't have any freaking ladders. Maybe it's so we can actually just buy ladders instead of telling people, hey, you know, just don't stand on buckets. I know it sucks, but yeah, walk 14 miles to get that ladder or else. Uh, we won't do any of that. We're just going to continue to try harder, do more. When things go south, we need to do observation blitzes. We need to add more numbers. It's because we have a lack of observations. We're going to invest all that time into coaching, correcting, sticking, and carrying people, seeking out unsafety, seeking out deviance, seeking out bad stuff within our organizations. We're going to continue to rinse and repeat that and expect that we get a different result over and over and over and over. And it's just making your leaders that have to do these things miserable. It's just adding more hot garbage to their plate. It's making your employees kind of start those, you know, the you know that? The, hey, 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 safety's coming. Hey, leaders are coming. Hey, hey, everybody, they've got their observation cards. They've got their clipboards. Everybody pause. Then what do you do anything? It's that. It's, it's harming the relationship that you have with your employees. It's harming the relationship that you have with your leaders because they all realize how dumb this, uh, this actually is. Like they see it as dumb and they don't see it as being valuable. They recognize it as not a very good use of their time. It's harming those relationships. It's just not all that helpful. The real question is, do you modify or do you destroy? And I don't know the right answer for you and your organization. I can tell you that from the organizations that I spend time with, that I've seen a little bit of both. Some just say, this is hot garbage. We're getting rid of it. It's a waste of our time. I'm going to, one, clear up time in my leader's schedule to go spend meaningful time with their employees without a card, without a measure, without any of those things. I'm going to give those leaders the autonomy. I'm going to give them the autonomy, the freedom 
to go and spend time with their folks. If they need some skills and what that looks like, I'm going to give that to them too. But most important of all, I'm going to give them some dead time. I'm going to make sure that their day is not so jam-packed full of meetings every single freaking day of the week. So they actually have a second to breathe, stand up, and just go wander around and spend time with their folks. Others, they keep some of their card stuff. They keep some of their app stuff. Again, I'm pretty agnostic, and I find most of this stuff to be pretty benign when applied in the right context, I guess. But it's this. They're usually taking all that behavior crap out of it. They're taking all that unsafety crap out of it. I promise you, your organization probably already does audits. You don't need like 1,400 more audits. What they're doing is they're taking out all of that kind of, where's the unsafety at? Where's the bad behavior at? Did you coach incorrect? They're taking most of that, if not all of that, out of their programs, and they're giving folks something that sounds a whole lot more like, can you teach me, can you show me? It's a curiosity thing. It's an operational learning thing. They tend to turn those more into interactions rather than audits, into learning moments, not only, right, breaking down this parent-child crap, not only learning moments for the folks that do the work, but learning moments for the leader. It's not a, hey, I'm the leader and I'm going to show you. It's not, hey, I'm a leader and you better show me that you're in compliance. It's more of a, hey, can you teach me how you do that? Can you show me what that looks like? Can you walk me through your job? It looks like you're pretty stinking good at that. Hey, it looks like it's kind of sketchy when we have to. Can you, can you walk me through that? It's a learning moment not only for the employee, but it's just as importantly and equally a learning moment for the leader. It's a we thing, not a me as a leader doing this to you, the employee kind of thing. They change the entire premise. And I don't even know if you can call that an observation at that point. We typically do because that's the word that we use almost always. But I don't know in the, the, the true sense of how observations have been applied historically, I don't know if we can even still call that an observation anymore. <laughs> I don't know. It's operational learning. It's conversational operational learning at that point. So I can't tell you to keep it. I can't tell you to burn it. If it's working for you, it's working for you. But what I will tell you is that I've seen organizations go both paths pretty successfully. The ones that have kept it have almost always fundamentally changed what it means to their organization. They strip out the go-do number. They strip out the naughty list. They strip out all that hot garbage, right? They strip out all that corporate crap from it. They give folks plenty of time in their day by actually removing other stuff, not just adding more to the plate for folks that have to do observations or need to be doing observations to actually go out and do them like time, like real time, like dead time. And with the actual process program card, whatever it is, a lot of them still track it, but it doesn't look anything like what it did before. It doesn't look like at-risk behaviors and unsafe this and unsafe that. It's more of a guide of, hey, uh, teach me about critical risk in your world. Talk to me about safeguards and controls. Show me why this work is normally successful. Teach me about your job. It sounds a lot more like that. And then they're using the output of that, not for charts and graphs, not for <gasps> trending and counting and reporting up to the board, but they're using it as opportunities to do learning teams, pre-event kind of learning teams. I'm going out, I'm asking operationally curious questions. I'm having operationally curious conversations. I'm having people teach me, show me. I'm listening to learn, not to fix, correct, to respond, and on. 
And then the stuff that sounds really interesting, that sounds really learning rich, we're using those as jumping off points to go do learning teams, to learn more, to improve, to make things a bit better. Observations in their most traditional applied sense, I'm not operating in theory here, talking about how we see it almost always play out. I think they're pretty crappy. I, really, I think they kind of suck. It just ends up being a numbers game that we play. It ends up being a feel good. It ends up being one of those corporate things because it feels good. It seems like the right thing to do. We can count it. We can trend it. We can track it. We can put it in spreadsheets. We can demonstrate that up through our organization. We can put it on TVs that we have in our companies. We can put it up on boards. We can put it on those employee notification boards. Here's the sheet of all the people that didn't do the observations. Here's our observation rock stars. We can do all that kind of sort of really simple linear crap. And it means practically nothing. It really means nothing, at least to the safety of work. It almost always means something to the supervisor that doesn't want to end up on the naughty list. But it's hot garbage in, hot garbage out. It's just another number. It's just another number that we force people to manage. Just another hunk of crap in their day that they know is meaningless, but they got to do it because they know you're going to get upset if they don't. Can you make that better? Can you make it work for you? Maybe. Maybe. But if you're going to try, you should involve the people that you want to use it. Let them help you build what it looks like and go from there. Stop trying to do crap to people. If you want folks to do these observations, spend time with the folks that have to use them. Start with a bit of a better idea of what that should look like. Maybe the best way to influence human behavior within our world is not to just go out and say, hey, change your behavior. Here's a stick. Here's a carrot. It's probably in seeking to understand the context from which that behavior emerges. That's probably the place where we should go, you know, operational curiosity and learning and digging deeper beneath the surface and all those kind of things that we talk so, 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 so very much about in our world. Start with a better assumption around maybe what observations could be, where we're at and where we kind of want to go with it. And then leverage the folks that have to use it to build what it looks like. Yeah, and we've had this talk around tools, and that's what we call observations as a safety tool, right? The best, most useful tools never require the use of force. And the naughty list is force. If it's helpful, if I find it valuable, if I find it meaningful, even if it's kind of hard to do, if I think that it's meaningful, I find it valuable, if I know that it, it actually helps stuff, I'm going to do it. If it helps me get stuff done and it's easy on top of that, I'm going to definitely do it. The crap that I know is just horseshit. I'm going to do a real, real good job of making it look like I'm doing it and I'm doing it well. But really what I'm doing is I'm going to find the most efficient way possible to find compliance and get it out of my hair so I can go spend time doing the stuff that I know that I need to do. I spend so many time with leaders, so much time with leaders that tell me exactly that. I fill out those stupid cards. I do whatever I have to do with them. I fill it out in the app or I fill out those little bubble sheet things and I scan them. And I squirrel them away because I don't want to get in trouble. Like, I like getting paid. That's kind of nice. I like, you know, having good performance reviews. So I get all that shit out of the way. I do it in like five minutes, just out of the way. And once I get it out of the way, I go out and spend time with my folks helping them. I go out and I spend time with folks having real conversations. I go out and I spend time with the folks that are entrusted to my care doing the most meaningful things that I think I should be doing. Those cards aren't very meaningful to me. I find the fastest way to compliance. I get that crap out of my way, off my plate, and I go deal with the crap that needs to be dealt with on my plate. It's not working. It's not worked for a long time. We've pretended that it has, but it's not. So the question is, are you doing observations? 
are they working for you? Like really working for you? Have you spent time with the folks that have to use them and ask them how they're working for you? Are you seeing that repetitive, air quotes again, trend of PPE housekeeping? PPE housekeeping barrier tape. Repeat. (laughs) Are you seeing that? Which should lead you to the question of, is this working at all for me? It should lead you to seek out more information from those that have to use it. Go be curious about if your observations are actually doing much positive in your organization or if it's just another hefty compliance burden that your leaders have to meet or else. You got to come to that fork in the road at some point and say, well, maybe this isn't working so well for you. And uh, if it's not, do we keep it or do we grenade it? Both can be the right answer. Don't be fearful of burning garbage from your organization. Don't be fearful of that. It's not been working for a long time. Stopping it now is just going to give people some free time. (laughs) Don't be fearful of burning it out of your organization if you need to. But if you see some value in it and the folks that use it see some value in it, but it's just really dysfunctional, it's not working really well. Spend some time if you want to keep it, starting with a better idea of what that should look like and invest your time into learning from those that have to use it, helping those that have to use it create what it looks like, co-creating that process together. I think that's the only chance that you have to be successful with observations if you do decide to keep them. Thanks for listening, everybody. We greatly appreciate all of your support of the Hot Nerd Podcast, the Hot Nerd LLC. If you need a little bit of help of bringing human and organizational performance to life, if you would like to take your efforts around learning and improving to the next level, yep, I can help with that. Head over to www.thehotnerd.com or send me an email, thehotnerd at gmail.com. Until next time, bye, everybody. Bye.